The views expressed on this broadcast of the Carol Ann Preston Show do not necessarily reflect KHLT Recovery Broadcasting or its affiliates. The hosts, co-hosts, and affiliates do not represent any particular 12-step program. I sit and wait as an angel Contemplate my faith Do they know the places where we go when we're gray and old? Cause I have been told that salvation lets their wings unfold. So when I'm lying in my bed, Thoughts running through my head And I feel that love is dead I'm loving angels instead And through it Oh, she offers me protection A lot of love and affection Whether I'm right or wrong And down the Forsake me I'm loving angels instead Welcome to the Carol Ann Preston Show on Relationships, a weekly show exploring the challenges and opportunities we face with each other as we walk through recovery. Author, relationship counselor, and recovered alcoholic Carol Ann Preston shares her personal experience and professional insight as she answers your questions and reveals the solutions found in our spiritual journey of the 12 steps. And now, here's your host, Carol Ann Preston and the Monty Man. And in the middle of the stormy weather, <laughs> uh, coming to you, uh, we, we talk about having our weather report. We haven't done that in a long we time. Do. We've been doing that for quite some time. But, and we really have reason to have one. I mean, uh, my goodness sakes, what the heck have you done to the poor weather guy to get him all <laughs> yeah. upset with you, Carol? Carol, <laughs> yeah, is that what you said? Yeah. Wait. Okay. Now you you live. Tell the listeners where you live in in uh, relationship in, to, to the storm. Like yeah. we are on the west side of Houston. Okay. So the eye of where they believe at this point uh, the landfall will be uh, in about twelve hours or about ten hours as of now. And, and we're ta- we're taping. Uh, it will be. Uh, east of us, and okay. so all of those east of where it hits, they're going to get the worst of the worst, because they're going to get um, uh, not just the winds, but the water surge that will come after it hits landfall. So we are about oh, 100 miles inland uh, from the coast. Okay. And which is under, I mean, they've all evacuated the last few days. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been a very busy week. <laughs> and we'll be we'll be able to, listeners will be able to see if, if 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 you're accurate here or not because they'll be actually listening to this. Yeah. We're in uh, China. Uh, so we're, we're taping at, Friday. We're, we're, we're taping an hour yeah. from nor, um, north of Victoria. Okay. And we're about 90 miles west of Houston. All right. Okay, we are actually almost exactly in the middle between Houston and San Antonio, but we're south of I-10 by an hour. Uh-huh. Okay, so 30, anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. Uh, there's been a lot of traffic and, and people moving, even uh, when I picked my husband up from the airport last night. Um, in Austin, uh, we weren't sure. We were under a mandatory evacuation uh, yesterday morning, uh, but that was lifted, and that was only because once the winds get to 45 miles an hour, they will turn off electricity. They shut down the grid? Is that what they do? 
Yeah. Yeah. For, for safety reasons. Right. And our, our little beautiful downtown is boarded up. A lot of windows are boarded up. Ours are not. They, we have, we're in an 80-year-old beautiful home that has the most of the original glass. Um, we're, we're safe. Um, now, Dallas is under a tropical storm advisory, um, so and that's what's coming uh, with the storm because it's not just when it hits land. Uh-huh. This, this hurricane, just to give you an idea, it is about 30 miles or 30 to 50 miles wider than Katrina. Wow. Okay. Well, shouldn't you be boarding and- up your windows? We have way too many, and we couldn't find plywood if we tried. Oh, okay. I mean, I by the grace of God, I found the batteries yesterday morning. Yeah. Uh, because they had four packs on their truck that they just got off. I couldn't find any backup D batteries, and and thank you God. I got. I mean, you don't realize <laughs> because I've never been, and I've not lived this close. Well, I have. I've lived, we've lived in Houston, but um, not during a hurricane. So uh, we're, we'll be fine. And and most of the people on the coast uh, have left. They're doing emergency uh, evacuations uh, with helicopters right now for people who did not leave the island of Galveston. Um, about half of the residents in Galveston didn't leave. Um, until, I guess, yesterday, they really thought it was going to be more to the west and not hit Galveston, which would have been closer to us. Okay? Yeah. But it's coming right in on Galveston and the seawall, which has never, to my knowledge, been, been breached or, or gone above it. And we used to go surfing when I was a kid. Okay, that seawall is... Uh, I don't know how, 15 feet high, mm-hmm. and the water this morning was over it. it, started coming over it. It's over it. You can't tell the difference between where the seawall is and oh. where the water begins. Um, and again, it's not going to hit landfall f- until for another 9 to 10 hours. Um, so, and they can't, it's an island, so they can't get out of there. And they expect the water search to be three stories. Wow. And it's already above the seawall. Now, 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 Galveston Galveston's an island. Galveston is an island. And what's they the, what's had the, um, um, what is it, the, I, I can't think, the, People who work in the in the water, the Gulf, uh, the water. Well, uh, I, it's missing my head. They've got the helicopters and the boats and. Are you talking about the Coast Guard? Uh, Coast Guard. Yeah. They were they were heli- they were emergency evacuating evacuating people who were in their cars and yeah. got stranded in on a road that was flooded. Wow. The island. So I, uh, a little while ago, saw that. Um, and the other thing is, um, I mean, this is um, probably the worst hurricane to hit that area, Galveston, in at least 50 years. My goodness. Once, once it hits land, they're saying it's going to be a Category 3. Hmm. Two right now, but once it hits, it'll be a Category 3. Well, listeners, pray. Pray, uh, uh, even if you don't know anybody out there. They're human beings that are out there. And, there's and, some, and some you people know. don't. They're, they're, they left in buses yeah. and got to San Antonio, not, unable to find hotels. Dallas cannot. Red Cross can, is just now breaking down from the last hurricane and did not have enough time to uh, set up more evacuations. So people are going towards San Antonio with no hotels. And the Red Cross, the Red Cross right now, I don't know if you heard it, but the Red Cross right now financially is in deep, deep trouble. Big trouble. They they do not have the funds. And, uh, you know, if you've got a 
if you got some prayers and a couple of bucks, folks, to donate to the Red Cross, do it. I mean, they're they're going to need it real bad. There are people right now who are uh, in need, still in Louisiana from yeah. the last hurricane. Yeah. Still in need of simple supplies like soap and and shampoo and and things like that. Because I got a list from our church. Uh huh. And now we're going to get hit in Galveston. Um, or Houston area, all the way east to Louisiana, huh. they're gonna they're gonna get hit hard. Huh. So it, pray for those people, especially those who are on the road, those who yeah. chose not to leave because this is life threatening, and um, they can't get out. Yeah, they can't yeah. get out at this point. So. Um, it's taken up a lot of energy and emotion, and sure. I'm just preparing. Yeah. Uh, and and I thank my sweet sister-in-law for sending me a, a, an email list of, of what what to make sure you have, and also some ideas I hadn't even thought about, like get your insurance papers uh, mm. and put them in a plastic bag, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and have some cash on hand. Yeah, you know yeah. we're going to be okay. Um, you know, but just to let people know that after the hurricane hits, people's lives and homes yeah. are going to be lost. And, and the prayers, the help, um, again, to the Red Cross um, will be greatly appreciated uh, by, by everyone. Well, and, and you know, bottom line is this too. Just like we're going to be talking about the second tradition, tradition two, um, for our group purpose, there's one ultimate authority. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it is a good. I, I am just so glad we talked about this uh, when we prayed before the show started. Uh, I, I am so grateful that we have a God that cares about us. I'm grateful we 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 don't serve a God. That what uh, Ben Franklin, the God Ben Franklin believed in, which was watchmaker God, you know, made the planet and then left. You know, that didn't happen. Imagine that. That that didn't happen. He was a deist and he believed that. Well, the, the deal of it is, is God didn't leave. He's here. He cares about us. And uh, he he's he's there for us. And he is the ultimate authority. And we just need to trust him. He is, and some people I can hear. I, I hear it now people going, "Well, if God loves us so much, oh yeah, this happened." Right. And I love what Senator Clinton said um, a couple of months ago. There was a faith forum um, uh, where there were ministers gathered, and they interviewed her, and then they interviewed uh, Senator Obama, and she answered a question better than I have ever heard answered uh, by theologians have been addressing this issue and that's what job is all about is why human suffering yeah I mean, god loves us so much why right. do you allow this why to happen human right? suffering? why right. is this hurricane why are people losing their homes right. why is this you know going on in louisiana you know that that's you know um government organization uh, in louisiana in my opinion i have no problem saying it that's not functioning well right sure you know and it's unacceptable it's just you know there's some things that we have placed our trust and given authority to um, uh, direct and manage things that are doing so irresponsibly or in and not effectively of course um and and that's not okay with me but what she said when they asked her why do you think God allows human suffering? Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is paraphrased, folks, because it's been a few months. She said, you know, I'm going to ask him when I get there. It's the first question. But then she, she thought about it. And the one thing I like about her is she knows who she is. She knows why she is. And she knows her purpose. And she, she is solid in her faith. What'd she say? She said, for me, I believe that without human suffering, we would have no opportunity to serve one another. Mm. 
interesting because yesterday's I think it was yesterday's readings in Daily Reflections said something about paying being the uh, touchstone. The touchstone, yeah. And, yeah. and when she said that, I went, you know what? You're right. Yeah. How would what opportunity? Because it is in serving, it is in giving that we we are channels for God's mercy, love, compassion, forgiveness, action to create change. We are right. channels. That is what we pray for. It's suggested in the 11th, in, in the 11th step to use, you know, Lord, make me a channel of thy peace and thy love. And to be a channel, I, I look at it like a pipe, you know. And if I'm not a channel, which means it's going out, it's going forth, then that's going to get clogged up. What happens to a pipe that's clogged up? It doesn't work properly. <laughs> you tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and to serve another, you know, I was, this simple example, you know, I was getting gas. I had to get gas at two different times. <laughs> um, there was this sweet little man, um, and he couldn't, he couldn't get the gas to turn on, and he asked for for my help. So so I got it turned on for him, and and then and I'm pumping my gas, and and he said, I can't read it. You know, I want to I want to put this much gas in this amount of money, and and I can't read, I can't see it. Now I have to get up and stand on the concrete and look directly at it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but he said, and I said, you know what? Why don't you go in and pay for it, and I'll pump your gas. Just I'll a, pump your gas. Just a simple thing like that. You know, yeah. and even at the grocery store, when there's been no bread in, in our town for the past couple of days, and I went 15 miles away to get some bread and some other things to make sure we can make sandwiches. I tell you. People in the grocery store that was packed were so nice. Everyone was so nice, and I've been there. The you know other times of the month, it's like, yeah. Everyone was so kind. Let me help you. Can I help you? The whole, there was the spirit of service everywhere. That's great. I mean, it was just absolutely beautiful, and that without people complaining. Mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't, and these are, I mean, people who are leaving, I had somebody stop out in front of my house, um, trying to, you know, ask for direct, you know, where is this? Yeah. Um, and then after I picked my husband up in Austin from the airport last night, we stopped at a store coming back. And there were people clearly coming in from the coast wanting to know how to get on the interstate. And and my husband, he didn't know. So I went back in, and I said, do you need to know? And the lady in the store was giving them. There were several people needing directions. So the spirit of helpfulness and, and, and asking for help when you need it, yeah. which takes a level of humility. Yep. You know, instead of, I'll figure it out, you know, yeah. you can't afford to waste your gas at this point. No. <laughs> it, was just, it was just beautiful to watch and, and to participate in. And, and that is, for those of you who are going, why does God allow it? It's an opportunity for us to, to experience divine love and service, giving and receiving. And without mm. difficulties. How would we do that? Yeah, we wouldn't even we wouldn't even know we wouldn't have a clue of what service or receiving help would even be about. Let, let, let's experience the second tradition. Uh, <laughs> love it. I love it. For our group right now, folks, what we've been doing and and, and we we have been off for a couple of Saturdays because uh, the Monty Man was in Rutland, Massachusetts and doing that whole thing. Uh, but we're back and what we're doing is is Carol is is helping us to understand, implement and apply the 12 traditions, uh, as set forth by Alcoholics Anonymous, 
um, into our personal lives. And we, we've talked about it. I've heard about it in meetings for years. People say, well, I took the 12 traditions. I worked them side by side with the steps. I applied them in my personal life. And I've heard a lot of people over the years go, how do you do that? It seems so. I don't get that. Yeah, it seems so business-like and everything. How does that work? And so Carol has been been doing this. We've done uh, tradition one. You can go and click on the posts. P O S T S. And that's uh, but two. Yeah, we did tradition one over two weeks. Over two weeks, and you can check those out by hitting the post button. And now we're doing tradition two, which reads: For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God is may, may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. And we're not on a time limit thing, so if we need to take a couple weeks to do a uh, tradition, that that's fine. But how in the world, Carol, can we take tradition to, what do we do? How do we tie this in with our personal lives and our relationships? Well, I, I, I love this because, uh, again, in my mind, I hear... Uh, but this, well, what about this, and well, what about that, you know? Um, <laughs> no, there's got to be somebody um, in this family that's got to be in charge. Uh-huh. You know, and I can't just let my kids, you know, go off and go do as they want. You know, I'm the ultimate authority in this house, and I'm going to rule it with an iron fist, and you're going to do what I say. You're going to believe what I tell you to believe, and it's going to be a dictatorship. You can have that. <laughs> yeah, you can have that if you want it. Have that if you want it. I'm not going to, uh, I, I will tell you, you're not going to experience a lot of peace. Or, co or, or create a lot of trust. Yeah, you're not going to have much cooperation either. No. no. And, and when they look to you, you know, kids look, and what they see is what gets their attention, not so much what they hear. And no one wants to be controlled. No. First of all, and there is a difference between setting boundaries, between realistic expectations, mm -hmm. between shared values, and leading with an iron fist. Okay? Yeah. The complete difference, and 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 recovering addicts especially don't want to be told not don't want to be controlled but you know what i don't think anyone wants to be told what to do now with my employer i'll i'm you know i go to work with the understanding that i'm agreeing to do what they tell me to do as long as it does not violate my integrity my work ethic or my values okay I will right. not do anything illegal. So um, there have you know when it, so you can if you're single, how do you apply this? Well, you know it's the same as with a family. It's just more extensive with a family. And and I'll give you an example with with if you're single. Um, first of all, what what has to happen is to define a loving God. And, it, and, and believing there is an, a loving God that is worthy of our trust, of my trust, uh -huh. so that a loving God is the ultimate authority in my life, okay? As he may express himself in my life, or as he may express himself within our family. That doesn't mean you don't listen to, to people that are in authority, though, in your family. No, right. Right. But, so, and I'm going to address that. Okay. Um, here's an example if you're single, okay? Yeah. Uh, God is the ultimate authority. I am clear about uh, that I believe there's a loving God who wants the best for me who has, through working the steps, I am clear about my values. I'm clear about, um, you know, through even the, even the sex inventory where it talks about the kind of sex life that I aspire to live by. So I'm clear about who it is I am called to live as and, and to act in, in what is appropriate for 
to what values have been revealed to me that are true to my heart, okay? So I dress in a way that reflects, um, I believe and follow a loving God, and he's expressing himself in my life, and so I dress that way, Mm. I talk that way, I act that way, and let's say I go to work, and this has happened, um, and I see that um, I worked for, uh, uh, at a hospital, a <laughs> uh, psychiatric hospital, this was years ago, uh-huh. and I'm just now breaking my anonymity, but those people I think are gone, but maybe they're not and wondering who did it, but... Um, <laughs> you know, I so what I saw and what I became very clear about is the abuse of a, of authority that was given to um, certain people, and they were abused in in their abuse of their power and authority. There were teenagers who were being hurt and families that were being hurt, mm. and talking with Ray, with my husband, and uh, about, you know, what was what I was seeing um, and what I knew, um, I, I he, you know, he supported what I needed to do, but I could not uh, continue to take a paycheck, even though I needed it, at the cost of the destruction and the hurt to these teenagers and their family i see and so that's the values of which i'm willing to live and trust that god is a source of all my needs because ray said you know you're going to lose your job and i said eventually yes so anonymously i called the state health department health and human services and this was years ago and they were on our and anonymously uh, reported what was uh, going on. And, I mean, there was a, um, uh, the person in charge of these adolescents' treatment um, said he was a doctor, a Ph.D., and he was not. Wow. He was a, a licensed social worker, which is good, but you can't call yourself a doctor <laughs> when you're not a doctor. And sign off on legal documents and medical records, Ph.D., when you don't have one. Right. And they call that uh, fraud, and, don't and, they? And, and house kids in yeah. uh, an apartment, 10 kids in an apartment, and tell their parents that they're in aftercare, and they don't need to go home and send us $1,000 a month. Cool. Okay? That's just uh, just yeah. pop off, off the top of my head. And, and they were there to investigate within 48 hours on the doorstep. And the administrator and I had talked, so, I mean, he knew and I knew, and we both knew it was unacceptable. This was a new administrator, and and the hospital was eventually closed, okay? Now, what has that got to do with Tradition 1? It mean, has everything to do with Tradition 1. You mean 2 or 1? Uh, tradition 2. 2, right. And believing, that's the foundation, is believing in a loving God, believing in a loving God, and that this this loving God, who is the source of all that is good, honorable, respectful, the source of everything I need, is the ultimate authority in my life, and in and with that being said. That is the foundation upon which I walk and live and act and decide. So, is it in harmony and does it reflect by ignoring something so terribly wrong? Is that reflecting a loving God? as the ultimate authority in my life. No. Or paycheck. When I need that no. paycheck. Yeah. So, that's the first thing that has to be established. Okay? Mm-hmm. Which happens in step two and step three in that committing that relationship. 
Now, a family is, uh, okay, so there is an agreement with husband and wife that there's an agreement. There is one ultimate authority or a single parent. There's one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may, ex- as may, as he may express himself in our family. Okay? Now, as a single parent, I will rely on uh, balancing things off my sponsor and another trusted person. Um, as a married person, I will do the same with my spouse. If a decision comes down, and these values are made clear by how we live, so our children are growing up in it, okay? Uh-huh. Now, if your kids are teenagers or pre or early adolescents as you are beginning your sobriety, they're gonna there's a learning curve, okay? And having family meetings once a week where um, you know, it's real important to keep everybody updated. Just like the person in in the marriage who manages the finances keep the other spouse updated on here's how much we have in the checking account, okay? You want to keep the family current. So um, a family meeting, if you're fairly new in recovery and you and your spouse have made a commitment that, that they're one ultimate authority and that is God is a loving God as he may express himself through you as a couple, and through your children, it's easy to see in a baby, yeah. okay, um, <laughs> is, is to be clear about what you, those values are, okay? What are, do we, what are those values? What is acceptable and not acceptable? And people are going, what do you mean? Okay, or say you, have, you go to a neighborhood party and somebody starts smoking dope. What are you going to do? Hopefully, walk home together. Go home together. Okay. What if there's a neighborhood party and um, everybody's in their swimsuits and it's the kids are in bed. It's ten o'clock at night or twelve o'clock at night. You're in the jacuzzi and a couple of people have had too much to drink, or maybe didn't have anything to drink but start taking their clothes off, mm-hmm. bathing suits off. What is your value as a couple? Is this acceptable? Some people will say yes. One person may say yes, but you need to be on the same page. Yep. Is this action by staying, expressing, or am I a channel, living out, and an example where a loving God is the ultimate authority in my life by sitting here in a jacuzzi where there are people taking their clothes off? Okay. Right, that that would be unacceptable to that's, me. I would so, be I would be leaving. Real clear. So when I talk about values, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Get get clear. If you're fairly new, get clear. And money is another issue. Um, I have kids. He has kids. It's my kids get my money. Your kids get their money. Okay, you're gonna have problems. Yeah. <laughs> if you if we don't come together, where. Um, uh, our homes become one home, our hearts become one heart, mm-hmm. and our fortunes become one fortune, because that in itself represents a lack of trust mm-hmm. and a lack of an expression of care and love. So you got to be you got to get on the same page financially and it is about trust and there are people who have hidden accounts because they don't trust their spouse now there may be reason to not trust okay sure there may be very good reason especially if somebody's just getting sober and the way you've kept your family going but you know when the time is to address certain things yeah that's different that's a different okay? yeah Right. 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 Yeah. When you've got to take care of yourself and make sure that there's food on the table and you have somebody that will empty the bank account if they're on a on a uh, uh, drunk or, or they're yeah. out using that's that's completely different. Right. Uh, right. God wants us to take care of ourselves, not at the expense. 
you know, we're not to, you know, ignore, you know, we have common sense, we have brains to use, and the 11th step, it tells us to use it. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, you ha- let's say you have a family meeting once a week, every Tuesday or whatever day, um, after dinner, we will sit here for 30 minutes, and everybody gets to check in. You know, if you mm-hmm. have, hopefully during dinner you've checked in, but the family meeting, mm-hmm. um, you pray, and you can even print a family meeting guide, I think, off the Internet. And, and if there, you need to get current with your children about values or about how you're going, you know, say there's been a change in your financial situation. You know what? You're not protecting your kids by not telling them. They're going to feel the change yeah, and just gonna, not know what's going on. They're going to know. You better believe it. And it's going to create fear. And it's age-appropriate information. You don't tell a 10-year-old 18-year-old information. Right. <laughs> and if you're not sure, then talk to somebody that you trust about until you get real clear. So at a family meeting, and, and this is, I am talking to those who are, um, you know, haven't uh, gotten everybody on the same page, so that you're all on the same page, have a family meeting, you and your spouse have gotten real clear that um, you both believe in a loving God, and God is the ultimate authority in your home. And some people may say, well, okay, who's the go-to person? We sometimes need someone to take the lead or make the final decision mm-hmm. on a certain thing, okay? Right. One, if there's somebody who's sick, if one of the uh, adults is sick, then obviously it's the saner person. Yeah. Okay? If you're both uh, recovering, um, I will tell you, you may disagree with me, but I will tell you, that the husband, the father, is the go-to person. Okay. And some people, you know, saying that you're on the same page, okay, mm-hmm. and he's the go-to person representing a loving God. Yeah. And representing the proper use of that authority. Can I, can I interject something here? Please. Um. It, the, Let the, me say something first. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, okay. I may know, may I may know more in my head about scripture mm-hmm. or our religion. I may know more, but I'm going to tell you something. When my husband leads us in prayer before we eat, there is no more time that I feel more pride than I do when he reflects his role as the spiritual head of our home. I'm really glad you said that because, and just, uh, I know this is very difficult for for a lot of folks, uh, but I'll just give you an example. In our home, as, as much as it makes me cringe sometimes because I think I'm right, you know, <laughs> we, when it comes to to many, uh, if not most, uh, of our decisions, and certainly any major ones, and certainly all of them when it comes to financial, um, if if Marsh and I don't come to an agreement, you know, to move in a certain direction, we don't. Right. We, we, we don't pause. move. We, we pause. In, 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 when agitated yes. or doubtful, we pause. We pause. And, and the deal of it is, is uh, you know, there has been... There have been uh, many times, I'm sure, that Marsha has um, gone along with my decision because she's, and, and has not agreed with it necessarily, but she's doing it because she's trusting our Heavenly Father, not because she's trusting me. But and, she also trusts you. Right. And, and For a reason. Yes. And the deal of it is, is, is I believe that God honors the person that honors the authority in the home because it's all about trusting trusting God to work through that that other person. 
And you know what? There has been times that my decisions have been the wrong ones, and God has turned around and blessed Marsha because she went ahead and said, okay, you know, this isn't going to kill us. I think he's out in left field, but I'm trusting, I'm trusting you, God. And has turned around and blessed her because of it. And what it's done is it's, it's caused me to be able to see where I was wrong. Right. And said, wow, my wife trusted without God enough. Without humiliation. Without humiliation. And, and that is so With love, important. honor, and respect. Remember yep. those vows. And I am, um, when it comes right down to it, you know, this whole word about submission, you know, one of the things that I just love about our pastor is that Mitch loves to give the definitions, the proper definitions, the correct ones, the Greek, the Hebrew, and so forth, of certain words biblically. Um, and it clears so many issues up. You know, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. You know, wives, submit yourself to your husbands. It means to fall under the protective covering of not to be a doormat. Right. It's to be protected. <laughs> Let's get it's real to clear be, about that. It's Not to be, to be a doormat. I, am I, I don't feel right. like a it's, doormat. <laughs> it's, to be, it's to be protected. It's to feel safe. Right. You know, and if the spiritual authority in your home, is it making you feel safe? If it's if there's not a protection, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about coming under that uh, so we can feel safe and protected. And I'll tell you what. It is such a blessing to know that uh, my wife and I both, right, can come to a place where we say, you know what, I don't agree. And she says, I don't agree. What are we going to do? We don't do anything yet. That's great. We don't. It's not going to happen until we can come. And you know what? It could come to a point where we never, never agree. And I'm unsure, but I'm doggone it. I'm sticking up for my right to decide. Guess what? I had better not do it. Yep. I had better not, because if I do, I will fall flat on my face, and I will drag my family down with me. Right. And, yeah. and you know, I want to add to this another another perception, Monty, is, um, you know, we have some, uh, some t- plans coming up this next weekend, and there was another request for additional plans. Uh-huh. And in talking with Ray about just the, just everything uh, to to come to a decision. Um, he could hear, and what I was telling him, what I couldn't hear. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, to not go to you know something that is important um, to say no to. To say no, because to say yes would be at our expense. Right. And I don't mean sacrificing. I'm talking not taking care of ourselves. Right, right. And he finally, after, you know, we talked for a little bit, and he could hear what I couldn't. And he said, he made the decision. He said, we're not going. Mm-hmm. He said, the answer is no. Yeah. And once he said that, my eyes were opened. Wow. Isn't that great? And I, it was so incredible. And I could see, oh, my gosh, I may have to go to Dallas in case there's damage to our house in Dallas. Not only that, he can't take another two, two additional days off from work when, you know, he's already hearing from customers who have... Um, equipment out in the Gulf that's already been damaged. They're ordering to try and get this equipment replaced in the next two weeks because it's going to, you know, the longer it's down, the higher our gas price. So I couldn't see that. I could not see it. Mm -hmm. And the minute he just made the decision that I trust, it's not that he's the fall guy. It's I trust him. Because he's trusting God. Because he's trusting God, right? Right, yeah. because we are clear about our values, and we, we've talked about doing a shared financial inventory. Uh-huh. We, we keep each other current about our own personal growth and awareness, and, and, I, and I was able to respond and let those people know, no, and I, and I just couldn't see it until I could see it, until he made that decision. So it was wonderful. And one thing... So, period. 
And what I'd like to suggest is for the husband and wife, or husband or wife, who's listening, I'd like for you both to listen, but let's say you've been married for a while, you've forgotten maybe your vows, or maybe there weren't spiritual vows. Mm-hmm. You have the opportunity right now in your recovery because it's also suggested that the family pick up and practice the same set of spiritual principles, okay, is you have the opportunity to go before God, a loving creator, and say the third step prayer together, you have the opportunity to make your commitment to God together that I will be the spiritual, I will take, I will stand, our marriage, our family will stand on the presence of a loving God and the foundation of our family will be a loving God as he will express himself through us. And I will take my role, a role of honor and trust, as a spiritual head of the home. And as the wife, I will honor, encourage, and I will trust you as the spiritual head of our home. And another thing you can say to each other is, and if you forget who you are, if you forget our values, what we aspire to be, to become, I'll remind you good in who you are and the loving God in which we are choosing to believe in and enter a relationship as a couple you have that opportunity to do that now if you didn't do it before Mm -hmm. even if your kids are grown or if your kids are teenagers or if you don't have children it's not too late it's not. It's never yeah. too. So you can do that. So that's kind of got to be. You know, first things first. Yeah. Um, and as a single parent, same thing. Making that commitment, God, you be the ultimate authority. I'm asking you to be the ultimate authority. It's like a vow to God. Invite you into my family, and I will turn to you. And I ask that you express yourself and through and, and allow me to represent and reflect your loving authority in the, in this family with our child with my children. Mm-hmm. And and then I suggest that you have your family meeting and express your values. You know um, that that's something so that every because there's change is happening. And, and the kids need to know change is happening, okay? And it's easier to hear it directly than to try and figure out what's going on. Um, and on, on, in, the, in the 12 and 12 where it talks about the traditions, on page 132 it says, A loving God as he mes- may express himself in the group conscious. You can replace that with as he may express himself within this family. Mm-hmm. That doesn't have to be just your physical family. It can be your spiritual family. Sure. Okay. Um, and the other thing, and, I, and what I hear, I hear people go, okay, well, so, you know, and it does say that um, uh, earlier it says that, you know, we don't have a board of directors uh, that can cast erring members into the outer darkness. It says, when indeed, no AA can give another a directive and then Force, I circled this, enforce obedience. Here's a typo. Oh, no, it says, our friends gasp and exclaim, this simply can't be. I can hear parents going, well, this can't be. What do you mean I can't enforce obedience with my teenage children? You're, no, you can't. You can't enforce it. What you can do is make it very clear and write them down if you have to. Mm-hmm. So everybody's on the same page. Go look up it on the fridge. The fridge says that 
you can have one date night a week. Uh, the you know it also says up here that you know and if you want to come up with your agreements come up with them at a family meeting right negotiate because i'm going to tell you that when you have preteens and teens just like children as they learn to walk they put they move the boundaries okay so a two-year-old's walking they're pushing the boundaries the envelope so their world enlargens my responsibility is to make sure they're safe, okay? And so you don't get to cross the street. Not at two, you don't. And if you cross the street, here are the consequences you will have. They cross the street, they have those consequences. You don't get to go play in the front yard anymore. And you need a timeout in your room. When that doesn't mean watching TV and playing video games. So the boundaries, I I prefer that other than rules, the values that that this family represents, the the boundaries that each of you have, okay, lights out, you know, 10 o'clock, TV off, whatever, whatever they are, keep them short, keep them simple, and, and negotiate and pick your battles. Okay, and have with them two things. The consequences that come if these are violated and also include the privileges that come with having enlarged your world because you're old enough and responsible enough. Let's say now you've got your driver's license. That's a privilege. Right. And with every privilege comes a responsibility. So you can say, here are your privileges, here are your responsibilities. Okay? And when you follow your responsibilities, you have these privileges. When you don't follow your responsibilities, you lose certain privileges. And it needs to fit the behavior. Yeah. So where it says in the 12 and 12 about enforcing obedience, we give them a choice. And in giving choices, I love you enough to allow you to, one, trust you, to choose. And, and what it is is I'm taking the pressure and the burden off of me to control you and to make you what you can't do, and the one thing you can't do with anybody is make a meet. Okay? No one likes anyone to make them do anything. And so you give them, let me just make it real clear, and then they get to choose. And if they choose to drive the car, drink, the consequences they could get a DWI, and if they get a DWI, they're going to lose the driver's license. Um, they're going to spend the night in jail. They're going to pay off their bail. They may be on probation. And another option is if you decide to do this, you have an option to not get in the car and call me with no questions asked. Here's your out. We all need an out, which is our tenth step. We all need the opportunity that when I make decisions that are not, that could put me in harm's way, I need an out, or I will be, or I may drink. Mm -hmm. That's our 10th step. Our kids need an option that when they realize, oh my gosh, I've done this. I don't have to go all the way. I can stop right here. Yeah. I have I have a clause that says if I find myself in a situation that violates these privileges, I can call and ask for help. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. It's really and, and what you're doing is you're they are accepting responsibility. It's taking it off of you, okay? Mm-hmm. 
as a recovering co-addict, okay? And the other thing is you're building trust. And, and I want to I, I, I want to say here because uh, I can hear people say, <laughs> I can hear people saying, well, you know, but there's some things you know you you cannot be giving your kids a choice. I mean, it's just the way it is. It's over. It has going. to be age appropriate. Yeah, it, it has to be age appropriate. But here's the deal. Uh, Cameron, for instance, who's getting his permit. All right, he knows he knows that there are certain things that are acceptable and certain things that are not acceptable as it relates to how um, he is to drive. Right. Okay. And um, he knows what those consequences are going to be. I don't have to yell at him. I don't have, as he drives out of the driveway, I don't have to say, you know, just remember that if you don't do this, yeah. you know, you're going to, you're going to pay for it for the rest of your life. I don't have to do that. He knows what those consequences are. When one of the things that I love about Dr. James Dobson is one of the things that he says. Oh, I love him. He says is that you, you, there's no reason for 99.9 percent .9 of the time, there is no reason for you to scream at your children. Nope. All you do is say, "Okay, you if, 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 if you if you do this, this happens," and then you follow through. You could be calm. Okay, Cameron, you took the car while we were out to dinner you took the car and you knew you weren't supposed to take the car without asking and you took it well this is the consequences and guess what you're not you're not using the car on that date next week period and you don't have to yell you don't have to scream you don't have to get all you just stick with the plan right and and, and you know it's and he he's able to, to to accept consequences like that if i if i yell at him then he's not seeing the benefit in the discipline at all. Not at all. And then the ultimate authority in our family isn't a loving God. It's a mean, brutal father. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and there are things. There, there are things in my, in my children's life that I have to make those choices for them at, at, at certain ages. And right. later on, they have to make the, those choices. We have a thing called uh, at the school here. And I, I, I can't figure this out, but they do it. Um, it's called uh, Late Start. And the kids can choose to come to school earlier, or on regular time, rather, and do a study thing, go to study hall or whatever if they want to, if they want to come on campus early and, and do that. Or they can choose to come later that day because school doesn't start till later because the teachers are working on whatever they're working on. Um, and so Cameron has a choice. He can choose whether to go to school early and maybe get some extra credit or not. Now, Cameron, he I mean, Colin, he's in elementary school. He doesn't get that choice. They don't offer it to him. He's not old enough. You know, Cameron has, he has a choice. And the other day I said, Cameron, you're kind of behind on your Spanish. Don't you think maybe you ought to go in early and... Maybe hone up bet. on that, you know. And 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 he said he said, Dad, I'm I'm not going to do that today. And I said, Okay, yep. okay. Now, if it's a life or death thing, okay, it's different. But it's not going to kill him or I, you know, if um, he gets reprimanded by his teacher because he didn't do what he was supposed right. to do. There are social consequences that come. There are social consequences, right? Um, yeah. And next time, and because I didn't scream and yell at him and jump up and down. Next time he might go, you know what, Dad? I think maybe I will go in early today. Right. Wow. And, 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 and this goes right into, are we about to run out of time? Yes, we are. Okay. Uh, we're going to do this in two parts because one of the things I do want to talk about are the growing pains that it talks about uh, in Tradition 2 um, that the family will also have growing pains as uh, mom and dad um, you know, they, they have their, their spiritual life and, and now how not to become dictators, okay? Yeah. And how do we pass on, um, just like we do, to, to those that we teach uh, and not to become the king and queen bee, right. as well as how we express the loving uh, God, God's love, in our daily lives. Because one of the principles is service, okay? We are trusted servants. 
we do not govern. We haven't even addressed that. Right. So I'd like next week to address those two things, the growing pains, and how, how are we trusted servants in our family? Um, so what I'd like to close with is to think about, as families, we are healing. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that is in great need of healing is trust. And sometimes our self-esteem, even for those who are not the addict. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I have learned, how do you build trust and how do you support the building of self-esteem in another person. Mm, interesting. Okay. And one way is in this tradition, and that is through service. And a program that I did for an at-risk uh, youth high school, that's what they, the principal and counselor asked me, we need a program, can you, can you write a program and, and present it so that for a year so that to, to, so we can build their self-esteem. Well, mm-hmm. we can't build it. And, and they laughed, and I sat and prayed and asked God to help me create something. And, and what, I, what, what I heard was the way you're going to build self-esteem, Carol, is they have to do esteemable things. And these are not the kids that you would pick to be um, the guidance to another. Mm-hmm. They're not the kids that are trusted. Mm-hmm. So let's start there. Let's trust them. And why don't they become a peer to an at-risk child in an elementary school who's been identified as an at-risk student, which at-risk means at risk for dropping out. Uh-huh. Or, you know, if they're pregnant or if they're, you know, a number of reasons. Right. And, and when I presented the program to the principal and the counselor, they're like, you mean you want us to trust these kids to leave campus, go and come back? On their own? (laughs) And I'm like, yeah. I said, they understand where these little children are. They know how they feel. Mm -hmm. They know oftentimes what they're going through. And if they tell them, I will see you next week, and they go to play a game, help them with their homework, whatever. I said, they will be there. Yeah, that is, I've seen that. If you will trust them. And give them an opportunity to do esteemable things, their esteem will rise. Because the payoff is 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 good enough. It's great. Right. And they They'll did do it. it. Yeah. And they did it. And yeah. so we we build trust That's by great. trusting. Yeah. That's and true. and they did it for the whole year. They ended up being awarded a huge grant by a, a foundation in, in Dallas. And and I remember what one person said at the end of that year. I said, well, you know, what'd you learn? And I remember one thing. She was a, a teenage mom, and she said, I learned to be more patient with my own child. Huh. <laughs> and that's because someone chose to trust her to serve another. Yeah. We yeah. all have good. And it's a process of growth, and we do it. Or and that, so remember this, and through as the week goes by, the process. It's a process. So we'll talk about the rest of this tradition then next week. Super, super. So thank you very much, and and it's just been a, a real joy and pleasure, and I'm very grateful that we still have electricity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, you make sure you stay dry, my friend. <laughs> Water won't hurt. I won't melt. They're not that sweet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my friends. Uh, don't forget to uh, pray for people that are in the uh, path of this crazy hurricane. And my friends, uh, we will talk to you next week as we continue with Tradition 2 and how it applies in our relationships and our own personal recovery and growth. As we continue with the Caroline Preston Show on relationships. Until next time, we're wishing God serenity for you. Bye-bye now. Bye.
forsake me I'm loving angels instead This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.